which you have made. We will rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. This is the day in which you have made. We will be rejoice and we will be exceedingly glad. We will be exceedingly glad. We will be exceedingly glad in it in the name of Jesus. Well, good morning to you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Bill Jones, and I want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you, and remind you that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Man, if you didn't hear Shukuzalababasata, if you was paying attention at all while we were singing praise and worship, we already prayed the message. We already sung the message. What we told him is like, your blessing, because your blessing is a plenty, not only to me, but my children and my children's children. And, and man, glory to God. Then, you know, I, it, it's the sight of darkness that, that the name of Jesus causes the darkness to flee. The name of Jesus causes us to win. The name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. And I'm like a deer panting towards the water. Father, I'm thirsting after you. I'm hungering after you. I long after you. Lord God, Lord God, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. There's a hunger. There's a thirst on the inside of me, Lord, that cannot be quenched and cannot be filled by anything or anyone other than you. I've tried it all, Lord. I tried drugs. I tried alcohol. I tried women. I tried men. I tried all these other. I tried fame. I tried jobs. I tried all these things, but nothing satisfies. Nothing in this world can satisfy. Nothing in this world can satisfy. Nothing in this world can satisfy. Trust me, I know. Nothing in this world can satisfy. You can have the nicest house, have, drive the nicest car, live in, uh, got the greatest job, got money rolling up down the street in your pocket, and still be broke than the first seven to ten commandments. Why? Because there's only one spot that's designated for him. And unless he's in that spot, nothing else matters. Nothing else, man. Man, if I had more money, I'd be happy. Go, go to Hollywood. Look at all those people. They got multiple, multiple millions of dollars, and they're still miserable, always looking for something to quench that thirst. And there's only one thing that can quench that thirst, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name. Say His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Oh, Jesus, how I need you. Oh, Jesus, how I long for you. Oh, Jesus, how I desire you. Oh, Jesus, how I crave you. Oh, Lord, I, I need you. Like, 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 like a glass of water in the middle of a desert. Lord, I need you. Like a hungry dog after a bone. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. And I'll do whatever it takes, Lord God. I'll do whatever it takes to get before you. I'll do whatever it takes to stay with you. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. I need you. Take away everything else and give me Jesus. I still have everything. Give me everything without Jesus. I have absolutely nothing. He is everything. 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 In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. He is my everything. When you make God your everything, you say, Lord, you are my life and whom I live and breathe and whom I have my very being. I take my very breath because of you. I lay down because of you. I wake up because of you. I walk because of you. I run because of you. I'm able to work because of you. I'm able to drive because of you. I'm able to pay my bills because of you. I'm able to feed my children because of you. I'm whole. I'm complete. I'm delivered because of you. Because of you. Because of you. 
because of you, because of you. And when you get that mindset, there's nothing, nothing that will be withheld from you. No good thing. Because you always look at today. You're always looking to God. You're not looking to him or her or them. Or them. You're looking to God. Father, 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 in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about y'all. I'm ready to go. Glory to God. I'm ready to go. Man, we was up this morning praying at 12 a.m. praying about the love of God. We was up at 6 a.m. this morning praying about the importance of the love of God. Mm-hmm. And man, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. Ooh, if I could, ooh, if I could just crack your head open, pour it into you. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. I'm telling you, you want to, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. Glory to God. You ain't seen nothing yet. Man, yesterday we had a meeting with pastors in the city and, and other leaders and man, you talking about a Holy Ghost field shop, hallelujah, good time. And then, I mean, just when you didn't think it could get no higher, God did a, did, did a, did another. He did a double for your trouble. And he used people that most people wouldn't expect him to use. But God did it. And when he, when they said what they said, and, when, and then God did what he did, the whole house was like, whoo! I mean, you know, that's when you know it's going on. You ever had too sweet Kool-Aid? I don't know if y'all drink Kool-Aid here in Canada, but when you have too sweet Kool-Aid and somebody put too much sugar in you, whoo, man, that's a lot of sugar. And that's like it was yesterday when, when we was in that meeting yesterday. When that Holy Ghost dropped, boom. I mean, we was at the end of the meeting. And it, it boom, it dropped. And, man, people was like, whoo, that's, that's some good stuff right there. Nobody wanted to leave, Lord, but we had to put them out. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's what happens when believers come together on a Holy Ghost assignment. When believers come together on a Holy Ghost assignment led, you ready for this? By the Holy Ghost. Led by the Holy Ghost. Not by what you came up with, but led completely by the Holy Spirit. So these 31 days where this is day 18 or 31 days of fasting and praying, man, and God is just taking it higher and higher and higher and higher. And, and we're, we're scheduled to leave again on the 21st. So mark your calendars, 21st is when we're scheduled to lead again. Man, when we led on Wednesday, it was a snack. I mean, it was a shift. It was a turning point. It was, it was a turning point. And if you listen to the messages after uh, when we let, when God gave us the word on Wednesday, you will see that how God is doing, man. He has shifted. And because he has shifted, I'm ready to announce to you, we have shifted. See, 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 yes, sir. He said, yes, sir. yes, sir. Yes, sir. See, God made a promise to the children of Israel when they were still in Egypt that I'm going to bring you out. And when I'm bringing you out, I'm going to bring you into a land that's flowing with milk and honey. And how many people know sometimes God can bring you out of Egypt, but you still got a lot of Egypt on on the inside of you. So even though there was a shorter way for them to go, God took them the longer way 
Why? Because if they would have been facing all those, all the adversities and all the, uh, the resistance and adver uh, adversaries that they was going to have end up going up against, then they would have fleed and turned back. How do you know they would have fleed and turned back? Because every time something happened that did not go according to their plan, the first thing they did was, Lord, we want to go back to Egypt. Lord, we want to go back to the way it used to be. Lord, I'm sick and tired of the way things are today. I want you to take me back to the way it was before all this stuff broke out. I'm here to announce to you as a man of God, as an apostle, and also operating in multiple offices, it's not going to go back to the way it was before. So if you're expecting God to turn back to the way it was before, you will be sadly disappointed because it's not going back that way. Ever, never, no more. Now he told me to tell the church today. He says, this is, this, if I was to give this message, it would be called, who are you rolling with? Because this is decision day. This is decision day. Because see, the, the, the first group of the parents of the children of Israel came out of Egypt. But Egypt never left them. It was always comparing where they are today to what it was like when they was in Egypt. Even though they prayed to God to deliver them out of that exact same situation. And how many people know that many times you can pray for a situation, but even though you're praying one way, you're talking this way, and you're wondering, why am I still stuck in the same situation? I can tell you the reason why you're still in the same situation is because though you're asking God to do one thing, your mindset, your actions, and your words still talk like you're in the same place as if it's never going to change. And what did they, what happened to them, Andrea? They died in the wilderness, even though it was God's will for them to enter into the promised land. And guess what caused them to die in the wilderness, Jerry? Their own words. They died on the vine because of their own. God honored what they said. God deliver us out of this. But every time something come up, Lord, you brought us out here to die in the wilderness. And this is what's going to happen. And this is what's going to happen. And this is what's going to happen. And God honored their words. Can I tell you a word? Can I give you a word today? He's honoring your words today. You can pray one way. But you spend the rest of your time talking another way. Can I help? Can I help you? Can I can I clarify something? You're going to get what you say. No matter how you say, Lord, I thank you that by Jesus stripes I'm here. Oh Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. By Jesus stripes I'm here. And then you walk out the door. I'm dying by thirst. Oh Lord, my back is breaking. Oh Lord, I can't move a Oh, if I had, if it hurts one more time, I, it's it's got to kill me. My my, and then you're gonna say my arthritis and my cancer and my diabetes. Like you take, like you signed for the package. And how did you sign for that package with the words that came out of your mouth? People do not believe that their words have consequences, but the Bible says in, in Matthew chapter twelve. By your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. So he told me to tell you, tell you before you see it happen, because we have already 
shaking. So he told us in this season that there was going to be a, there's been a shaking. He said there's been a shifting. And he says, and then today there's going to be a separation. Now, when did he start to shift it? When did he start to shake it? For us, four years ago. And I have audio tapes to audio recording to tell you when we start talking about there's a shift coming. We're in the shift. There's a shaking. There's a shaking. There's a shifting. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. And we're telling it's coming. What was the shift? It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And people are like, you said it, it ain't got, I don't see nothing shifting yet. Oh, it's shifting. Just because you don't see it does not mean it wasn't taking place. But he said today, just like the children of Israel died in the wilderness, what did it stop God from keeping his promise? Oh, what did he do? What did he do, Joy? He says, okay, since y'all want to die in the wilderness, I'll grant what you want, but I will, your children who are 20 years old and younger, I'm going to take them into the land. So what did he tell us? I have given my people, a group of people, a, 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 a space of time to repent, and they won't. So I want you to focus on their children. I want you to focus on the, the, the generation that's right out of there. Now, does that, I want you to focus on those who are still young at heart, who says, God, you can use me any way you want to use me. I'm not stuck on what I think I know. I'm not stuck on what it is I believe. I'm not so stuck in my own rigid ways that I'm not willing to do it your way. And he says, for those who will make that decision, you will make the shift in your heart today. But guess what? God won't shift you. You got to make the decision to shift. But you will separate yourself, regardless of whether you say it out of your mouth or not. God told me, he said, I'm going to show you what he shared with you, what he shared with me. And he said, it's not even a shift or separation that's going on in your head. It's a shift and separation that's going on in your heart. See, your head can convince you that you're doing one way, but your heart can't lie because your heart would always show up. The real you will always show up. Glory to God. Who you're rolling with, that's the, who the Lord want to know. Who you're rolling with, I mean, you know what, I know, I, y'all have never seen your boy wear a Bugs Bunny shirt ever in his life. But I was at the store the other day, Andrea, and I, you know, I was blessed with some new kicks, and I just didn't have a shirt that flowed with my new kicks. So I was looking for, I, looking, I was diligently searching, and then he said, get that shirt. I'm and then I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. So I'm up this morning, and, and I got I was up yesterday, and I always iron the clothes and stuff the night before. And I, I'm like, Lord, what am I wearing? And I, I'm like, you know, I'm going to wear my cap. I mean, this is going to be one of them messages. He says, I want you to wear those shoes, some jeans, and that shirt. Because he says, it's going to be an illustration to what it is I'm doing. I'm like, okay. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm a, I'm a child of the Most High God. And, I, and I, I serve Him. Not because I have to, but because I get to. 
I get to, I get to serve God. I get to pray. I get to teach his word. I get to do all these great things. It ain't, I have to, I get to. I get to. I get to. So he don't want to know who you who you're rolling with. Who you're rolling with. Are y'all ready? I think that's the Oh, by the way, no decision is still a decision. See, even if you say, I ain't gonna make no decision, God said you already have. Because see, it's, 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 it's really simple. You on the Lord's side, you on the uh, uh, against the Lord. For God, there's no gray. The world will convince you, many people in the church will convince you that God has gray. There is no gray with God. How do you know? Revelation chapter 3 says, I wish that you was hot or cold, but because you are lukewarm gray, I will spew you out of my mouth. Why? You're either hot or you're cold. There is no gray. In fact, there is no gray in him at all. Well, we got grace. Grace is empowerment, so you don't have to sin. That you have authority not to sin. That you have ability to be able to overcome every situation and every situation that you come up against. It's not a license to sin. So, now that we have your opinion, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you don't even have to come tell me what decision you're making because the Father has already said there's, there's, going, to, there's going to be a separation today. I said, yes, sir, I understand. And, I took, and this is what I this is what I shared with a, with a brother earlier this week. I said, you know, Jesus is the is the head of this church. He's the he's the chief shepherd. I'm the under shepherd. Whatever he tells me to preach, if it's the same scripture every week for 52 weeks, I preach on that same scripture. Why? Simply because he said so. Whether it's a hundred, or whether it's one. Because to me, I have an audience of one. I have an audience of one. And the audience of one is five. Son, I need you to tell my people this. Sir, I need you to do this. This is what I need you to say. This is what I need you to do. Yes, sir. I understand, sir. You're going to get some slack. I understand that, sir. You're going to get some persecution. I understand that, sir. But I'd rather be right with you than wrong with man than be right with man than wrong with you. So, buckle up, buttercup. So here we go. So, I make this declaration and we're going to jump right into it in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we're in a season you cannot play games with God. You either all in or you're all out, but there is no in-between. We're in that season. And just for your notes, I got, he gave me this message a few weeks ago, but it, I was not released to, to minister it yet. There's a lot of messages in here that we haven't got ministered yet because he's, it's not that time. It's not, for, it's not for them. They won't receive it. So here we go. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. 
He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and open of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to give unto them that mourn in Zion beautiful ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old ways, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise. We thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of men's wisdom, but Father, let it be in demonstration of spirit of power. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Continue to move up and down each and every aisle. Touch each and every person, every household. Father, touch those watching this on, online. Touch those listening to this by way of the podcast. Father, may you be glorified in all that we say and do. I decrease, you increase. All of you, none of me. Have your way in this service and have your way in me in Jesus' name. And Father, right now we pray for every youth, every young adult here in the city of Greeley, in the city of Osgood, in the city of Metcalf and Russell right now, Father God, in Finley Creek area, Father God. We call them in from the north, the south, in the east, and the west. We call back in the backslider. We call back in the prodigal sons and daughters. We call back in, Father God, those who have been offended, those who have been hurt, those who have been bruised, those who have been wounded. We call them back into the church, back into the house, back into position, back into the kingdom of God right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we believe right now in the name of Jesus, you're restoring, you're refreshing, you're refiring within them, giving them a desire for you, giving them a craving for you, giving them a longing for you in the name of Jesus. Dispatch laborers across their path right now to bring forth the harvest of the soul, to bring, dispatch forth laborers right now who will be able to speak a word that they will be able to receive it, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Bring them back, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that we will train them up, equip them, and empower them, and dispatch them out in the name of Jesus, that they will know you, Lord God. They will find their purpose, Father God, and they will lead their generation. We bind up every satanic and demonic force that's formed against them. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. Every tongue goes against them in judgment. We condemn and find that being the wrong. We bind up the spirit of fear. We bind up the spirit of perversion. We bind up the spirit of suicide. We bind up that spirit of addiction in the name of Jesus and we command you to cease and desist in your maneuvers and, and, and you will stop in your operations against them today, right now, in the name of Jesus. Ministry angels, harvest and spirits, encamp around them. Keep them from all hurt, harm, or danger, all evil, destruction, and plague until the laborers get there to be able to minister words. And we believe that they receive the word of the Lord. We believe that they receive the word of healing, the word of deliverance, the word of wholeness, the word of completion, the word of salvation, that God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. That God so loved you, he's not holding your sins and iniquities against you anymore, but he's drawing you back into a relationship with him right now, and we believe that they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and any foul or unclean spirit that will try to keep them from receiving that, which Jesus has already made available to you. We bind you up right now in the name of Jesus and we command you to go. We have bound you in earth therefore you are bound in the heavens. 
you cease right now in Jesus' name and by his blood. Let us all say amen, amen, and glory to God. You ask the question, how do you know that God told you that you're supposed to minister to those who are the children of the first group who were supposed to go into the, into the promised land? I'll tell you how I know. Because he told us when we first got here that that's what we were going to do. He also told us this through the amount of people who subscribe to our platforms. 96 to 97% of the people who watch our broadcast, respond to our podcast, and all that are between the ages of 18 and 35. 18 and 35. I didn't need to know all that. All I, know, all I needed to know was, what do you want me to do? Now, what about the what about the, the, the ones who are still they're older in age but still young at heart? It means they're still pliable. He says, I'll use them too. But what I'm going to use them to do is help to train up the next generation. How do you know that? Because that's what Joshua and Caleb did. They led them. They also trained them. And guess what? They went out and possessed the land. So that's what we're going to do. So we're inviting everybody to join in with us. But if you make the decision not to, God bless you, the blood of Jesus, so we still love you, have you over for coffee. But that's what we're going to do. Now, what does that mean? We're going to teach, we're still going to teach the word every Sunday, or Thursday, or whenever, however he tells us to do it. But we're not trying to convince you to do anything. It's a decision. It's a decision day. You're either going to do it or you're not. I'm not going to try to convince you. My wife's not going to try to convince you. Nobody else is going to try to convince you. You're either going to make a decision to do it or you're not. It's that simple. Are you ready? Yeah. Already then. <laughs> Turn with me over to Psalms 127 verse 1. Psalms 127. God, you're good all the time. Hold, hold, guys, give me a second. I just had to get that out. It was, just, it was right there. I just had to get it out. I had to get it out. <laughs> if you knew what I knew, you'd be dancing too. Glory to God. Yes, we're on the way. Oh, 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 ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all don't know if I told if I told y'all what happened in that, in that prayer meeting yesterday before what happened at the end. Y'all would be like, "What the world?" I was like, "Transformer." I mean, oh, glory to God. Oh, oh man, did you see that? Except the Lord build the house. Psalms 127 and 1 says this. If God's grace doesn't help the builders, they will labor or toil in vain to build a house. If God's mercy doesn't protect the city, all the centuries will circle it with vain. It really is senseless. Pointless, not beneficial. 
to work so hard from early morning till late at night, calling to make a living for fear of not having enough. Why? Because God can provide for his devoted lovers even while they are asleep. So you can be up all night long, oh Lord, I gotta stay up, Lord. I gotta work five jobs, Lord. I, I gotta do this, Lord, because you ain't met my needs. God says, if you do it my way, if you seek my kingdom, if you are up right before me, all these other things will be added unto you. You're laboring, you're toiling in vain. And God says, I'm able to provide you for, for his, his devoted ones even while you're asleep. When? When you let him build the house. When you let him build your house. You can put all the guards all around this city, and unless God is watching over the city, they're going to be circling the city in vain. Why? Because they don't know everything to look for. But he does. Why? Because God, I'm letting you build this house. Lord, I'm letting you build this house. Lord, I'm letting you build this house. Lord, I'm letting you build my house. Lord, I'm letting you build my marriage. Lord, I'm letting you build my family. Lord, I'm letting you build my relationship. Lord, I'm letting you build my job. Lord, I'm going to let you. 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 Which means you shall lead and I will follow. You lead and I will follow. Amos chapter 3, verse 3 says this. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the destination? Can two people walk together without agreeing on that destination? And who is the one who gives the directions on where we're going? You are the father. The father. He says, I delight myself in the Lord, and he gives me the desires of my heart. But where do you think those desires come from? The father gives you these desires. They come to your heart, and then you delight to do them. Then it goes and says in the next verse, I commit my ways unto the Lord. I trust also in you. Psalms 37, verses 3 and 4 say, I commit my ways unto you. I trust also in you, and you shall surely bring it to pass. In other words, God, I'm trusting in you. I'm done relying on me. I've laid down my old ways. I am yours to command. I'm yours to command. Now, God asked me to ask, ask the people of God this question. Ooh. And according to Isaiah 53 and 1, hallelujah. Ooh. I see smoke. I can't deny it must be coming from that Holy Ghost fire. Isaiah 53 and 1 says this. I'm reading out of the Amplified. Who has believed, trusted in, relied upon, and clung, clung to our message of that which was revealed to us? So God is asking the question, how many of you have trusted in, relied on, and clung to the message which was revealed unto his man and women of God? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been disclosed? Now, he told me to remind you of this. He says, unbelief is not non-belief. Unbelief is not non-belief. He says, you're believing something all the time. So if you say, man, he's a non-believer. No, he, believe, he or she believes in something. They may not believe in what it is that you're talking about, but they believe in something. He says, because you're believing something all the time. Unbelief is, is not 
You want to know what unbelief is? I know you do. Unbelief is this. Unbelief is not believing what God said where? In his word. Not what this person said about it. Not what that person said. Not God says, unbelief is when you're not believing what my word said, what I've said in my word, but rather believing based off of, and these are, this is the area where people believe based off of, Andrea. They believe based off of their feelings, their reasonings, their thoughts, their experiences, or what they heard someone else says, even when you can clearly see in the word of God what you're believing isn't true. I'll say it again. Unbelief is this, not believing what God said in his word. So unbelief is not believing what God said in his word, but rather you're believing based off of your own feelings, reasonings, thoughts, your experiences, or what you heard someone else say, even when you can clearly see in the word what you're believing isn't true. So what do you so you said, how can you have an unbelieving believer? An uh, unbelieving believer is this. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me, but I don't believe that by his stripes I'm healed. I believe that by his stripes I'm healed, but I don't believe that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I believe that Jesus came, died on the cross, but I don't believe that he loves my family enough that he that laborers will be dispatched to try to, to bring them into the fold as well. I don't believe that. I, I believe that, that Jesus died on the cross, but I don't believe that he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of me. See, I believe to a point, but I don't believe. I believe some of the things, but I don't believe all of the things. What does that make you? An unbeliever. You believe, but you don't believe. See, oh, oh don't jump in yet. Okay, I'm getting in. See, this is the thing. Either Jesus is Lord or he's not. For many people, Jesus is Savior, but they're not Lord. You said, Jerry, show you what the difference is. Man, I'm so glad you you afford you. Who you so on time? Hallelujah. Now, this is what the word of the Lord came. He said, if Jesus is Lord over your life, what does that mean? He is, in the Greek, it is kurios, K-U-R-I-O-S, which means the highest authority of all. So if Jesus is Lord, he is the highest authority of all. That means Lord is supreme in authority, supreme in character, meaning that he has the final say, not you, not me. Who has the final say? Jesus. Why? Because he's supreme in authority. If he's Lord of your life, He's supreme in authority. He's supreme in character. Do you know when you pray in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says, I made Jesus Lord, not Savior. Lord. Jesus, you're Lord. Now, if Jesus has the final say, then if Jesus is the Lord and he is the word made flesh, 
then shouldn't that translate that the word has the final say? If Jesus is Lord and Jesus is the word made flesh, doesn't that mean that the word should have the final say? And it's, and it's supreme above all, the word is supreme above all theories, all reasonings, all arguments, all political parties and stances, and even whatever fortified pattern of thinking that you hold to that exalts reasoning and experiences over the word of God. So he's saying, if Jesus is truly Lord of your life and the word is truly the final authority in your life, shouldn't that supersede your reasonings, your arguments, your theories, even your political parties, our stances, even your experiences? If what you say and do, this is, this is great. If you, what you say and do is not supported by the word of God, you're not holding Jesus in the position of Lord in your life. He may be Savior, but he isn't Lord. Because your own thoughts, reasonings, and arguments can supersede the word of God. And that ought not to be for those who are called by the name of the Lord. You're called, here's what he said. He says, you're called to be my ambassadors in the earth, representing my kingdom. You're not representing the United States. You're not representing Canada. You're not representing Israel. You're not representing Europe. You're not representing whites. You're not representing black. You're not representing Jews. You're not representing Hispanics. You're not representing Asian. You, as a born again believer who, called, who says you have made Jesus the Lord of your life, are called to represent the kingdom of God only. So if you're not representing the kingdom of God, you are not operating as an ambassador of Christ. He says, you are called to be my ambassadors in the earth, representing my kingdom on the earth, just as it is in heaven. Now, how many people know ain't no lying? How many people know ain't no, ain't no hate in heaven? How many people know there's no division in heaven? How many people know that there's no schisms and divisions and strifes in heaven? How many people know none of that stuff is going on in heaven? How many people know there's no cussing, no drinking, no sipping, no smoking, no whoremongering? None of that is going on in heaven. None of it. So is Jesus Lord or is he Savior? Are you a representative? Are you a Fulfilling your purpose as a representative, as an ambassador of heaven, or as an ambassador of the kingdom of God, or are you still, are you still sitting on the throne of your life? Wow. I'm making, this is what the Father says, I'm making my appeal to the world through you. God says, I'm making my appeal to the world through you. And by my Holy Spirit. So I'm charging you this day to make a decision to make Jesus supreme in authority 
and supreme in character in your everyday life. And inquire of me before you do anything. Did y'all hear that part? Inquire of the Father before you do anything, no matter how large or how small it is. That's what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 means. And that's what those who are sons of God do so that they may be led by the Spirit of God, says the Lord of hosts. So if you want to, if you want to know what it's like to, to be led by the Spirit of God, Andrew, the first thing you got to do is you got to go to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which means trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. He will lead you in the way that is right. Why? How do you know that he'll do that? How's he going to do that? By the Holy Spirit. Will the Holy Spirit override your will? Absolutely not. He will prompt you. He will try to persuade you and convince you to go a different way. But if you choose to go the wrong way, he will not override your will. God won't. The devil can't. God won't override your will. The devil can't override you. People think the devil has so much strength. He only has as much ability or power as you give to him. If that was the case, in the Garden of Eden, he could have just came in and took over and pimp slapped Adam and knocked Eve out. And guess what? He could have took the authority, but he couldn't, and he knows that. Guess what? Everything that they lost, Jesus restored back unto us. All the authority, all the power, all the dominion. But guess what? If you don't realize that you have that authority, power, and dominion, and you use it for the kingdom of God, for the king to, to operate according to the kingdom of God, that you may have on earth as it is in heaven, even though you got all that power, even though you have all that authority, and you're not walking in love, it does you no good. Man, I can prophesy. I got the faith to remove mountains, but if you don't have love, none of that matters. Man, I'm praying in tongues. I'm like, I wake up in the morning praying in tongues. I go to bed praying in tongues. I pray in tongues in, in between chewing my food. But if you don't have love, it is pointless. In other words, you get no results. I'm not going to go in that message yet. Andrew, I got off that call this morning at 12. He dropped on the whole series. Man, I was so hyped. It took me a while to calm my little self down. So God is saying all this to us. Is Jesus Lord of your life or is he just Savior? Savior means he paid the price. Lord means he can tell me what to do. He don't want to tell me what to do. Oh, yes, he does. Why? Because you have been bought with Christ. In fact, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your spirit and body, which are his. Continuing on. This is the second part of the word of the Lord. This is what he said. He says, one, he said this to me the other day, and boy, I almost fell out my chair. He says, one of the worst things you can experience is believing 
people are truly following you, yet their hearts are not with you. One of the worst things you can experience is believing people are truly following you, yet their hearts are not with you. They're with you for their own purposes, motives, agendas, and see you as only a source by which to get their ultimate goal. Just because you put God's name on it or his word doesn't mean it's God's plan or his agenda. He says just because you show up doesn't mean you join the team. And just because you wear the same uniform doesn't mean you are committed to, this, to the vision and goal of the team. So God's asking you this morning, who are you rolling with? He says, he says, go back and say that again. He says, just because you wear the same uniform doesn't mean you are committed to the vision and goal of the team. So God, not Milton, God, not Juan, God, not some other source, God is asking you the question, who are you rolling with? Because he says there's a shaking, he says there's a shifting, and there's a separation that's going on right now. And he says this, after today, you will not be able to straddle the fence. Glory to God. He says you're either all in or you're all out. You're either blooming where I, God says this, and this is to all of us, you're either blooming where I've planted you or you will be uprooted, but there is no in-between. For the time is short and I'm coming on, I'm calling on those who will follow the plans I've given in the land I've placed you in, in the house I've placed you in, with the people I've placed you in, and I'm looking at your heart not your words. And he says, just because you wear the same uniform doesn't mean you're committed to the vision and the goals of the team. So God is asking you this morning, who are you rolling with? Because there's shaking and shifting and separation that's going on right now. And after today, you will not be able to straddle the fence. You're either all in or you're all out. You're either blooming where I've planted you or you will be uprooted. But there is no, but there is no in between for the time is short. And I'm calling on those who will follow the plans I've given in the land I've placed you in, in the house I've placed you in, with the people I've placed you and I'm looking at your heart, not your words. Many people have given me lip service, he says, but I'm looking for a people to whom I can show myself mighty through. And there is no time to waste, says the spirit of grace. So choose wisely. For the decision you make today will impact your life from this day forward. 
It was. Now, said all that, then he, this is what he said to me this week. He says, the choice is yours. God says this, he says, and according to Luke chapter 10, verse 16, he says, the one who listens, to, this is what Jesus said to me. He says, the one who listens to you, listens to me. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. And the one who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. How about what you say? He said, I'll say it to you again. The one who listens to you listens to me. The one who rejects you rejects me. And the one who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. I said, okay, yeah, you know you're going to give me something on that. Because when I say that, they go, mm-hmm. Right and dividing the word of truth. He said, oh, he said, I'm, I'll show it to you. He says, turn with me over to Proverbs chapter 3. As you were. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says this. He says, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints to do the work of the ministry to edify the body of Christ. He says, if you, he says, but before it says this, he says, I am the one who has given the gifts to the body of Christ. So to reject a gift I gave you is to reject me because I'm, the, not me, but Jesus said, because I'm the one who gave I didn't have anywhere to go. He also says this. He says, son, tell them this. Oh, there it is. He says, he says to tell you this. So this is what Jesus said. He says, therefore I say, when he ascended on high, he, this is Ephesians chapter 4, uh, Andrea. Ephesians 4, 8, and Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. He, I'm reading out a New American Standard. He says this. When he ascended on high, he led captives, a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. And he, in verse 11, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Now, what does God do? God says this, he says, in Proverbs chapter three, verse 11, Reading out of the Passion Translation, he says this. My son, when the Lord speaks to you, never take his words lightly. And never be upset when he corrects you. For the father disciplines or corrects. Discipline comes only from his passionate love and pleasure for you. 
even when it seems like his correction is harsh, it's still better than any father on earth gives to his child. What's the a, what's a King James Version? Whom the father loves, he corrects. How does he correct you? With his word. He doesn't beat you down. He corrects you with his words. So the choice is yours. The choice is yours. I got a couple more minutes. So God says this. I need you to make a choice. I need you to make a decision. Who are you going to roll with? He says, he says, yes, sir. He says, many of you made a decision at the very beginning of this message. He says, many of you have said, other, others said, I'm not going to make a decision. Others have said, it's between me and God. You don't have to tell me, because the Father already knows. And even if, yes, sir, he says, just because you don't like something, just because you believe you don't need something, the very thing he says, the very thing you say you don't need is the very thing you need. Because you think you don't need it. So the very thing you think you don't need is the very thing that you need because you believe you don't need it. So, and of course, says Psalms 68, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered and let those who hate him flee before him. So let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. And let those who hate him flee before him. Oh, this is good. Yes, sir. Now, I said everything that I said based off of the word. Did I take anything out of the word? Everything that we said is based off of the word, right? In his proper context. He says, let God be true. And let every man be a liar. Romans chapter 3, verse number 2. Let God be true and let every man be a liar. Romans chapter 2, I'm reading, I mean, Romans chapter 3, verse 2, I'm reading out a Passion Translation. This goes back to what we started at the very beginning. Unbelief 